0: So you're telling me that um, agriculture is more than just putting a seed in the ground and putting water on it, right? It's I guess it's more complicated. It's it's evolving, and you're learning new new methods every day.
1: Uh huh. Definitely. Um. And and I guess I want to make the point too is that the agriculture. I mean, when we say agriculture, people always think of just the specific, you know, row crop ag or you know, raising livestock, which is yeah. very important. And, and exists on such a array of scales throughout the world. But it's also agribusiness. I mean, it's looking at yeah. technologies that are assisting farmers and are improving their efficiency and are improving resource um, stewardship. Uh, and, and that's an amazing kind of piece of Potential, I think, uh, that goes beyond the world because av- agriculture itself is is a key industry in so many of these countries, especially countries where um, you know they're they're coming and they're 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 really coming into their own and really developing in such a way that you know their people are coming into higher incomes and having more opportunities and more education, all these different things. Um, but the kind of entrepreneurial and business opportunities around agriculture and water and food are just endless, and so that's an exciting possibility that students get to kind of interact with and engage and then take and make their own and just absolutely shoot for the moon with once they return.
0: This is the Orientalist Express podcast, episode 34. This is the show that brings together young professionals from all over the world to discuss a variety of topics related to the Middle East, American foreign policy, and international relations. The goal of this podcast is to make American foreign policy interesting and easy to understand for those who don't follow it too closely. I'm Nicholas Hayen, founder of the Orientalist Express site and president of the board of directors for the Minnesota International NGO Network. They also serve on the Minnesota Advisory Committee for the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition, which is an advocacy organization that's dedicated to promoting the importance of American global engagement in international affairs. So I'm joined today in the virtual studio by guest star Brianne Wolf. Brianne is a fellow U.S. GLC Next Gen leader, just like myself, and was recently appointed to Nebraska's Advisory Committee. So Brianne works as the Director of Global Learning for the College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, and she recently graduated from the University of Nebraska with a Master's in Natural Resource Sciences as well. So Brianne, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Nick. I am so happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you. So um, yeah, just to get started, tell me a little bit about your background and how did you kind of get involved in agricultural science and what drives that passion for international engagement and global learning?
1: Sure, Um, might be a little bit of a long story, but I'm happy to uh, share it with you. So I am from um, Lee, Nebraska. Uh, It is a very small town, actually a village um, in a rural part of Nebraska. So um, agriculture has kind of been, in um, my life um, since I was small. Um, our community and much of the state of Nebraska really absolutely depends on agriculture. My community is very agriculturally focused. Um, but it, that didn't really kind of come into play until a little bit later. Um, <clears throat> my uh, I guess my background went from, I mean, going to a small town school and then coming to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I didn't have a a huge amount of chance to have a lot of experiences um, wider than Nebraska and the U.S. until then. I'd say what kind of really uh, pushed the lever down was my time at the university. So coming from a small school, uh, jumping into a university of I think about 25,000 students at the time um, was pretty big, as you can imagine. but it was wonderful. It was such a positive experience for me. Um I had the first time kind of the opportunity to um, engage with, you know peers and and also um, faculty and staff from all over the world. Um, and so that was you know, classmates, getting to know a classmate from Ghana or a classmate from South Korea, um, or you know, being in extracurriculars with these individuals who've had this incredible global experience, um, learning from faculty members uh, who hailed from different countries and and interacting with folks in that space was was huge. And um, being a part of kind of organizations that were like peer mentoring sort of organizations, um, conversation groups um, allowed me to really have an eye into the world um, of the different experiences of these classmates of mine. Um, that experience in college uh, definitely was the kind of lever that made me interested in going abroad. I, I make that distinction because I think maybe people think, oh, the very th- first thing that makes you want to go into a global career is an education abroad trip uh, while you're in college. And, and that's certainly formative and very impactful, but um, it, it requires a little bit of priming, I think, before you're interested even or, or willing to go and do that. So with that excellent priming I had with all those um, amazing peers and faculty influence, um, I did a study abroad in Italy for a month, and, and that was an incredible experience. First time out of the country, got to explore the country and um, meet people from all over the world. Um, and I was, I was lucky, lucky enough to be able to be, um, start work for the Ministry of Education in Spain after I graduated, um, working in their Department of Education, but what, uh, that places foreigners in schools as kind of language and culture uh, ambassadors. From there, I moved back to Nebraska and um, found myself, my husband and I, We, who were both in um, Spain together, found ourselves in very international jobs, thank goodness. Um, So it was a little bit softer of a landing. And um, he was teaching in a school that um, had uh, kind of reflected the international nature of Lincoln, Um, had kids probably speaking about 11 different languages throughout his class. And um, I landed in uh, a, a job with the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the university with a focus on global. And so that's kind of where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, I, I know that feeling of um, you know, because I also grew up in a small town in South Dakota, so just north of the border from you. Um, you know, and really when it when I got to college was really when I also had that sort of global awakening of seeing like just how much is out there in the world and how much you want to see and do. It's great to see all of the the travel and the the learning experiences and cultural experiences that you were able to to get from that. So, your work kind of sits at that intersection of of global engagement, agriculture, and agricultural and natural resources. How would you say that American global engagement impacts, you know, kind of our local agricultural development as well?
1: Oh, so much. Um, I mean, it's not not something that everyone thinks about, but um, people in agriculture certainly do. because I was the biggest kind of the, the elephant in the room is trade. Um, I mean not in a bad way but it is um, kind of a, because Nebraska's uh, economy's um, you know backbone is really agriculture um, and international trade um, in agriculture is, is a huge huge piece of, of Nebraska's economy and kind of prosperity so um, you know our producers depend on um, you know having good relationships uh, that are Developed and also maintained with our trading partners from around the world, whether that's Mexico, Canada, um, Germany, um, Japan. For I mean, it, there's just so many, and so um, that's both kind of on a personal micro level and on a macro level. Um, <clears throat> you think about kind of America's leadership and our kind of um, comport in the world is. Uh, it it, it uh, impacts how those trade relationships end up because if we're trustworthy, if we are, you know, good partners, if we're advocates um, for things that our partners also want, um, we become, you know, those trusted partners that people do want to do business with. Um, and so the the large scale things really matter um, at the micro level. But then, in the same way, uh, you know, those relationships are also a huge part of it. Uh, it's amazing to see the person to person relationships that that turn out you know um or that end up in these very very lucrative trade agreements and and, you know these long-term arrangements that are 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 beneficial for the prosperity of both nations involved so um the u.s definitely has a role to play in the local prosperity especially in the agricultural zone but um i guess in a slightly more indirect way um we also by by being in the space of ag and water and food and natural resources um, these things are inherently global. They are things that everyone in the world is you know, working with, have, has challenges with, mm-hmm. has opportunities with. Um, and so whether that's uh, research collaborations um, that the university faculty in, undertakes, um, hosting, visiting scholars from all over the world, um, training students from around the world, uh, that exchange of ideas um, and, and combining perspectives um, really, I just think drives innovation and best practices in, you know, obviously world agriculture, but but in the agricultural practices of our state right in Nebraska, um due to that influence and that fantastic confluence of of ideas and perspectives.
0: yeah, I think that you really hit a good point where it's those interpersonal relationships that are so important. you know, having that seat at the table is so critical to supporting our own uh, individual investment, but then to really get some of those like trade contracts, you know, finalized and have them be, Negotiated in a way that also benefit the United States as well. So it's not if other people have that seat at the table, they're not going to negotiate in our interests. So, so that's why we have to stay engaged. And, and um, especially in the area of agriculture, farmers in the Midwest, you know, in, in Minnesota, in Nebraska, in South Dakota, they're, they're feeding America, but they're also feeding much of the world. Absolutely. So those, that access to those markets is so critical. That's really interesting how how much agriculture is so tied to basically our global trade and investments.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Totally. And that's been the reason why um, the University of Nebraska Lincoln has really historically had kind of a global footprint. Um, our, our earliest global interactions and, and meaningful engagements have related to agriculture and water and food um, just because that's our strength. I mean, we obviously we're, we're a full, a comprehensive um, research university with a, a really wide array of of strengths and research um, prowess. But um, water and food and natural resources are really at the heart of what we um, do best and, and are really and have kind of a, a global um, reputation for. So that's a really cool piece to be a part of um, in that our global engagement history um, really stems from that place.
0: Yeah, so you kind of touched on it, but, but what, where do you see that role of the University of Nebraska in fostering the development of these agricultural and natural resources? I mean, you mentioned uh, research for, for one, but I imagine that there's even more that the university could be doing
1: absolutely so um as i've maybe mentioned and may do so ad uh ad nauseum (laughs) we're a land-grant university Um, and so that means we have um, a really powerful commitment to serve our state to serve serve the people of nebraska Um, and that takes a form in kind of several ways Um, there's obviously research um agronomic research and water research uh is is critically important um, to the industries in Nebraska, to the health of people in Nebraska, to the resource health of Nebraska. Um, And then that gets translated. through our extension educators and faculty um, who actually just, they take that research and they make it real, they make it relatable and relevant to the people of Nebraska. Whether that's um, a producer out in Scotts Bluff who's looking at their dry bean production um, or a, a person who's you know maybe working with a, a small scale kind of specialty crop um, outside of Lincoln or Omaha, um, you know maybe doing hops or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so they, they make that, that that research real and they make it Viable and, and relevant and um, and that spans it goes beyond agriculture um, it goes into um, child youth and family kind of issues health and nutrition um, youth and entrepreneurship um, it's really amazing what um, you know what those extension educators do across our whole state um, and then last the, uh, the teaching and learning is obviously a huge piece you know there's this research there's this extension work but um, it's also training the next generation of of producers, of people who are stewards to our um, land and water and resources, who are the innovators of food and the people who are finding these ways to, you know, continue strengthening Nebraska's economy, having prosperity for our rural communities, our urban communities, having, you know, food security. And, and that's training people from Nebraska, kids from Nebraska, who, as I was, as a, as a um, bright-eyed college student coming in uh, to, to UNL who are really excited and honored to go to the university because it's what we've heard about all of our lives growing up. Yeah. Um, but also students from all over the U.S. and all over the world, and that's the just amazing piece of it is that you know there's no way we can kind of disconnect from the rest of the world. Um, we are are inherently connected, and by doing that work in agriculture, water, food, we are impacting Nebraska. We are impacting the world.
0: Agreed. And that's one of the things I want to highlight there is how much of that initial research then can get picked up by, you know, major corporations or major international development foundations that can take that research and run with it and apply that not just here in the United States, but in development projects abroad. You know, I'm thinking of, um, how much like Lando Lakes Venture 37 does where, yeah. you know, they'll take exactly. Yeah. They'll, they'll take some of that research and they'll go, I can run with this. You know, we have the, now we have the, um, You know the funding and the the technical abilities to to do that at broad scale and to really um ensure that that we can test out these these research methods that you guys are looking at and figure out how applicable it is to general agribusiness throughout the entire world so you know it might it might start with the university there but it it goes well beyond that
1: oh 100 and and i think in the most amazing way is is just with when it comes down to just one student, because you know it, it seems like just one and a small impact, but a student comes from Turkey and they, um, you know, they have their training at Nebraska. Then they go on and they they go and work for their national kind of science organization, um, or you know, you have a person who did their does their master's degree um, at Nebraska. And then he goes on, as he did, uh, to be the Undersecretary of Agriculture for Mexico.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and so, and, and, and the list just keep go, keeps going on and on. And you see these individuals who have received this training, whether it was a short term internship or, or a doctorate, um, and then they go on, go back to their countries, and make this incredible impact. And so, that's, I think, like one of the coolest things about it.
0: So it sounds like a major emphasis of this work is bringing those global perspectives to your students. So what would you say that looks like and what do you see are the the benefits of those global perspectives?
1: Definitely. Um, and this one's quite close to my heart just uh, as I as I spoke up to before the idea that my college experience was my window into the world and and, and my opportunity for having global uh, perspectives so um, it's a a thing that i'm really passionate about in my work especially specifically my kind of my new role but it has been for the last five and a half years that i've worked in various capacities for the institute of ag and natural resources Um, in this kind of season it looks a lot of ways as you can imagine it's probably it's a little more creative maybe than it used to be in terms of having um, digital and in-person and hybrid sort of opportunities to share with students global perspectives. Um, I really have a big focus on inclusivity um, because uh, we want this to be available to anyone. So yeah. it's not, uh, while, while education abroad trips are, are very impactful, um, as I experienced myself and as many people do, or maybe uh, time in the Peace Corps or doing mm-hmm. all these things, not every student is able to do that. That's not yeah. a, um, a viable option for every student, either financially or Maybe they are you know working full time and they can't take a summer off to, yeah. um, you know to go abroad or they're maybe caring for a child or an older parent or a family member. Um, and that's not possible. but every student, no matter their circumstance, should be able to have these experiences. So I try to look at it in, in, in a really broad sense. Um, that could be kind of our basic program, I don't say, I don't want to say basic, but our, our, our programming that goes on every semester um, that brings in kind of opportunities right where they are in person or digitally um, for students in Nebraska to have these global experiences. Maybe they'll hear about a um, global career path um, that they'd never thought of before, Um, a good friend andre bradley um, is uh he works for the u.s agricultural service uh, in mexico city and he um, graciously joined us once to discuss how his career um spanned the military to um linguistics to uh, Hmm. economics and brought him you know just absolutely all around the world to where he is in mexico city um and, and just like what that can look like for someone um but it also looks like um having kind of panels and discussions about topics that intersect kind of bring together the world of Ag, food, water, natural resources, and kind of the global um, lens. So maybe that's a, a panel on rural uh, issues around the world. There's just all these amazing experiences that students get to hear from. Um, that we can tap from our, our local campus community um, to have them share experiences, their expertise, their cultural backgrounds, the knowledge they have specifically from their country. Um, there's just a wealth of resources right where we are. Um, Those kind of programming that programming can also look like um, maybe having a student share how their global experience impacts their career right in Nebraska. It doesn't have to be always about a global career. Um, Cicely Beatty uh, comes to mind. She had a year studying abroad in Germany and really engaging in the kind of international affairs programs uh, there at the university where she studied, and then coming back and working and now being the assistant director of the Department of Agriculture for the state of Nebraska and how that. How that experience really set her up to be successful um, in the position she's in, and to be able to, you know, walk into a room of, of uh, German businessmen and, and say, "Hey, like I can speak to you with comfort about um, some of these uh, trade issues that you're interested in, or these policy um, kind of questions that you have." But also beyond just the kind of specific um, application of her time in Germany, but her ability to appreciate difference, to be able to work with. Um, uh, colleagues who have different life experiences, to be able to see the benefit and value of a diversity of um, opinions and insights and perspectives um, are just, you know, critical. But it's also trying to expand what a global experience looks like for our students. Um, And that isn't always studying abroad. Um, That can be uh, like kind of these things which people refer to as like collaborative online international learning. Um, so that's kind of anything where you're kind of you know working together with international partners on on some sort of project-based work Um, so you might have maybe students graduate students that are able to be involved in a research project um, with Tanzanian partners for example Um, or you've got Um, A faculty member with long-term collaborations in Brazil and he brings in his colleagues to speak to specific kind of issues or case studies that are relevant both between Brazil and Nebraska agriculture. It's it's just exciting how big those um, opportunities can be if you are willing to have a wide lens of what counts as a global opportunity and kind of I, I hate to be a broken record here but Taking advantage of our diverse global community um, at UNL is is a key thing I really want to encourage and I try to make a point of. We have graduate students especially from all over the world. We have undergraduate students as well as um, particularly from um, Rwanda. We have a scholarship program that, br- that brought in um, about 50 students from Rwanda every year for several years. And so we have this um, really exciting mix of students at the undergrad, graduate level, um, but then faculty who are experts and, and these really impressive accomplished individuals from every con- like from just every part of the world in their fields, um, and, and finding ways we can creatively utilize and combine in, in helpful ways those assets. Um, and a, a great example I can I can share is, uh, WE WANTED TO CREATE SOMETHING FOR INTERNATIONAL EDUCATION WEEK AND CREATED KIND OF A FOOD AND CULTURE AND RESEARCH um, SORT OF FUSION EVENT Um, AND WE HAD A LOCAL CHEF WHO IS JUST ABSOLUTELY OUTSTANDING um, KIND OF DO A DEMO OF INDIAN CUISINE um, WHILE WE ENGAGED STUDENTS AS THEY LEARNED ABOUT THE DIFFERENT, um, YOU KNOW, THESE COOKING TECHNIQUES AND and SOME OF THE INGREDIENTS INVOLVED TOO Um, AND THEN BROUGHT IN AN INDIAN GRADUATE STUDENT WHO um, WAS DOING RESEARCH uh, THAT WAS DIRECTLY RELATED TO SOME OF THESE FOOD CROPS AND SHE TALKED ABOUT HOW her work in entomology was impacting the kind of um, production and, uh, you know, trade of these ingredients that make up a cuisine that so many of us love so deeply. (laughs) It's just, it's great how many opportunities we have for these things.
0: I'm going to have to think about that the next time I uh, get a curry. (laughs) <laughs> which i should probably do in the next couple of days um
1: and all the th- spices involved and the things related to the you know regulations and safety and the 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 production i mean it's just if you start thinking about it you'll never stop <laughs> you'll never yeah. be able to eat a carrot <laughs> <piece. laughs>
0: i tried to make my own once way too many ingredients i could not do it properly um <laughs> but no i think i think that's really great how you highlight the importance of you know not just Going and studying abroad because not everyone can do that. I actually never got the chance to do that. I almost went to Germany, uh, but that trip was unfortunately canceled. We just didn't have enough people to attend. Um, but it's so important to bring the world to, in your case, to Nebraska, um, because that's where you really, really make some of those solid connections with with people abroad. To you know, bringing them here and actually getting. People in the United States exposed to all of those other viewpoints and to all of those other cultures, which, as you said, really drives that innovation. So, how are you working towards advancing sustainable development, and and what does that look like to you?
1: Absolutely, and and it looks. Oh man, there's so many ways that that's being done um, in across research, across um, you know creative activity. and extension and and teaching in our whole university. Um, So I could never, I mean, it would take me a whole several hours, I think, to probably go through (laughs) what we're all doing in that space. Um, The international collaboration um, is really key there. But I can can speak to a really specific example of how we look at that um, in the College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources. And that's um, taking the sustainable development goals or the SDGs um, Mm. and using them as a framework to kind of align students interests um, and and their passion to really tackle some of these big world challenges and connect that with their discipline and their their um, coursework their future professional goals um, and just finding ways that we can really Braid that all together. Um, I remember as an undergraduate, I didn't. I, I especially later on in my um, undergraduate career, I wanted really badly to be involved in something meaningful like that. Um, yeah. I was an advertising and public relations major, actually. And um, while there, as I know now, there's so many ways that strategic communication um, can can be useful and and critical to big world problems. I didn't quite see it at the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I really want to be able to have students from any major see how their their work, their discipline can um, connect really well uh, and uniquely to um, these um, large world challenges that we face. Um, it, It makes a lot of sense for the College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources to. Um, jump in on this because our, our work spans so many of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with that, um, some of them are probably familiar to you, even if you haven't heard them spoken of this way. Um, things like no poverty, zero hunger, um, decent work and economic develop- or economic growth, climate action, um, clean water and sanitation, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, so many of these goals are really directly related to what our researcher, our, our faculty are researching and teaching about, and extensions folks are are um, are doing across the state. So, um, I thought, hey, let's figure out something. And this was all kind of during the course of the pandemic, um, that is doable, that is accessible to students um, without travel, um, without having to always be in person. Though there are opportunities for that, and and it kind of formulated into. Um, kind of creatively realigning and reassembling some of our assets that we just already have. Like I've kind of mentioned before, pulling together resources like the Sustainable Development Goals Academy, which is a free resource where you can take um, MOOCs or massive online open courses related to the Sustainable Development Goals, pulling in some resources from that, pulling in the amazing expertise of these faculty we have across the university, but also elsewhere. Um, I've really been taking advantage of of the amazing network that I've been able to develop, um, both with uh, the university and beyond to um, bring in experts. Uh, Actually, one of our uh, fellow next-gen global leaders um, was my very first expert. um, Lua Hasabala Muhammad um, in Kansas. Uh, She spoke as a local expert about good health and well-being and her work um, around vaccination and and covid testing and things like that and with um, underrepresented communities um, in her area. And so she was amazing. But like bringing together um, these students have a chance to interact with global and local experts. So that could be someone who's speaking to what food security looks like um, in 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 Omaha. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are there's hunger that's experienced in Omaha, Um, but also someone who's looking at what Food security looks like in um, in Kenya, um, and mm-hmm. how their bean breeding research is is helping to create you know these nutritious, accessible, affordable um, you know beans and and foodstuffs that their um, you know their, their the people in their communities can access, but also produce and and you know uh, develop incomes from and all these different things. And so um, it's so exciting how many people we're connected to when we really think about it. And I wanted to bring those connections to our students so they could have the chance not only to learn from both a local and a global perspective about a goal, um, about one of these SDGs, but also um, for them to be able to develop their professional networks as well. But I also want our students um, who are Americans, who are Nebraskans, to be able to learn from these experts and how they're approaching these challenges from all over the world because It's oftentimes astounding, uh, the the creativity and the innovation that happens when maybe you don't have all the resources that you'd like at your disposal. Or maybe you don't have the most cutting-edge tech at your your disposal, but um, you you come up with these amazing solutions anyway. Um, It's amazing the things that are um, being done all over the world in these sustainable, creative, and really efficient ways that our students can learn so much from and benefit so much from. Um, that's like my uh, little passion project um, that I'm really excited about. And, and it's a small way to approach these huge problems related to global sustainability. But um, it's something, you know. Um, it, having Whenever you bring these students together and expose them to some of these experts and some of these solutions, um, really, really amazing things can happen. And I don't, I don't want to underestimate the potential of these students
0: yeah i think what's what's really important to to note there is is just those connections with problems that you might think of as you know problems in kenya food you know insecurity and things like that but then you look and go well there's food insecurity here as well in some places so are there overlaps and it sounds like you know in so many of these programs uh, these individuals are getting that chance to sort of collaborate together and look at and go you know you have this problem in your home country i have the same problem right around here is there a way that that we can kind of share what we're doing and see what works and maybe solve that problem in both areas. I think what's what I also really like about that is when we when we educate students who are from abroad, you know, from your students from Tanzania or from Kenya, you know, they don't just show up here for a few years and then leave and then just never think of the United States again. Like that's a formative experience for them that they are then taking home to their home country and maintaining those connections and hopefully bringing those connections back with them to their home country so that when they're thinking, you know, boy, you know, I need someone who can help me with the following project that is related to what I worked on in college. Well, then they have those connections they can call upon them and, you know, hopefully we can continue to utilize those for better um, you know, for better outcomes for everyone, not just in not just abroad, but in the United States as well. It's those connections that once you foster those, they're, they're there for life. And that yeah. that mindset of of being educated in, you know, in a college in the American heartland, you know, it's a very strong, formative experience for so many people. And the types of of values that you gain from that, um, that they then take to the home countries, I think, is also extremely valuable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I- the longevity of some of these relationships really astounds me sometimes and just the tie that people have to nebraska and and the you know the times they had um you know you know learning and and interacting with students with faculty um during their time in nebraska is is really hard to explain but it it persists
0: and you, th- you look at those sdgs the sustainable development goals and you think like. Boy, no poverty. That's a that's a pretty big lift. But, you know, embedded within all those SDGs is very is a very specific set of indicators and markers and plans for how we can achieve those those types of goals. You know, I'm I'm really heartened every time I hear someone talk about the SDGs because it's everywhere in international development and across um, the educational, you know, universities throughout at least the United States and probably much of the rest of the world you know it's not just a program that the UN said yeah we want to end poverty and then just left it at that like right. this is something i'm seeing implemented everywhere i go and it's you know sure it's a tall order but the fact that so many organizations and institutions are aligned on these core central ideas uh, i think it really speaks to to the effectiveness of, of what's happening and um you know i just think that centralized approach is really it looks like it's working you know there are a lot of metrics by which we can we can directly measure that that we are achieving some of these goals if not in its entirety at least we're making them a lot better than
1: they used to be Right, and you just, the only thing you can do is, is take it bit by bit. Um, and, and one small project in Nebraska and one small project in Japan and one small project in Chile, like it, it adds up. And everyone's mm-hmm. different approaches and creativity combined will get us there. But it has to be lots of, you know, the kind of many little hammers or something kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> a, uh, expression that I maybe makes sense to some people. Um, but lots of approaches and lots of creativity um, In many different ways but as long as we're all doing it we'll get there um we'll get we'll at least get somewhere with it yeah Uh,
0: so what are you reading what are you listening to these days and that can be serious non-serious fun you know just kind of want to get a little sense of that
1: totally oh gosh i am reading everything i'm one of those people who does like five at a time um (laughs) (laughs) i really like to be uh reading lots of different genres on every type of media basically um all at once so i I'm, i uh, kind of on the fun and fluffy side i really love sci-fi and fantasy so i always have one of those like on an you know an ebook on my phone that i rented from the library um, i just read an amazing book um, called the Beauty of What Remains. Um, hmm. written by a, a rabbi who kind of struggles with his own experiences with losing a parent and, and helping families through grief. Um that was an incredible book that I just finished. Um I have I love nonfiction as well, and so I'm always into things kind of on the, the edge of science. Um uh, my one of my favorite writers is Ed Yong. Um so if you've ever if you've never read um, we contain multitudes. Yeah. It's like microbes Hmm. and the the universe within us. And that's like one of my favorite nonfiction books ever um, in the science realm. So I'm always reading stuff like that. Um, and always have something on audio, um, as well when I'm running or, or doing whatever. So just I don't do as much podcasts, although I do have more of a professional podcast influence or um, interest. Uh, Florida International University does an absolutely fantastic podcast on global learning. It's called Making Global Learning Universal. They are kind mm-hmm. of my like guiding stars for how to approach global learning in like a really expansive sort of way bringing kind of diverse groups of students together to kind of uh, attack and approach global problems and complex problems that transcend borders that's their definition of it and i'm like that's totally what i want to go for and so i always listen to their podcasts um, about that and find ways to emulate and um, you know do what they're doing
0: all right that's it for this episode of the orientalist express podcast i'd like to once again thank my guest brianne for joining the show today thanks of course as always to our listeners and readers of the blog Be sure to check out our website at orientalistexpress.com, like and share on our Facebook page, or tweet us at orientalistdxp. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.